Welcome to Mama T with True Crime. Today is a day I'm going to give you guys a true crime story that blew my mind once I did my research on this. So we're going to talk about the main character is Michael Mastiano. And it starts off by his wife describing that she fell in love with this man because he was the perfect man for her. Their wedding day was perfect. All their dreams and aspirations lined up together. They had the same morals and values. And she believed that her husband was the greatest man ever. He was known as an ex-football player. And he was going to medical school while they were dating. They didn't get married till he completed his uh dental school which he became a a uh, cornell facial surgeon so he's he was um the best in new york city if you had anything going on that you need some specialty done and within your dental work you would go to michael he was a very liked person um people say he was very a very confident man and he had the desire for success. He wanted everything for his wife. And they had dreams of having children. And they did. They have two boys. They have Michael and Jerry. It seemed like everything was going great. He was doing well in his dental career. He ended up being able to buy his family this beautiful home in New Jersey that his wife dreamed of having a mansion in New Jersey and he was able to accomplish that for her and she believed that their life and everything was going just fine until one morning while he was let's say one morning started in February of 2000 his mother and father were over visiting and they were sleeping and his mother woke up to find him in the bathroom, passed out. And she woke up, um, Michael's wife, her name is Barbara, woke her up and was in this in fright. Like she didn't know what was going on with her son. She was like, please, please wake up. Something's wrong with him. They go into the bathroom. They find him disoriented and they find that he has blood coming from his arm and they just don't know what's going on with him. He wakes up but he's looking through them like he doesn't know what's going on. He's babbling underneath his breath, and they still don't know what's going on with him. And then the wife gets him in the bed, tells her mother-in-law, it's okay, I'll handle it. Go ahead and go to bed. He's fine. He goes to bed. He wakes up the next day as if nothing happened, as if they didn't find him in the bathroom, all disoriented and him babbling underneath his breath. The wife, once he she got him into the bed, she did go re, go look in the bathroom and see what caused her husband to act this way. And she stated that she found dirty needles and a bottle of fentanyl and Demerol all hidden in his toiletry bag underneath the bottom part to where no one really looked like he was hiding it from everyone. But she didn't think anything of it because she was like, well, he does have back pain from an injury he he got when he played football. So she was just like, maybe this is medicine to help him with the pain. She says she trusted her husband. So she trusted his decisions. So she didn't believe that he was using these drugs 
as being an addict. She believed that he was using these drugs as a patient and that it was helping him with his back pain. But then, a couple weeks later, she's at home, you know, being a, the housewife as she is, and going through her daily chores, and she gets a phone call from one of Michael's co-workers. So he is supposed to perform a surgery on a patient. The patient is prepped and ready. They go looking for Michael and they can't find him. But then once they do find him, they find him in the bathroom, unconscious, with a needle in his hand. So she's like, is it okay? Her first question was, is the patient okay? They said the patient is fine. Her second question was, is her husband okay? Is he awake? Is he alert? Do I need to come down there? So while she's asking these questions and they're shaking him, he wakes up and he runs out of the out of the office. To where no one knows where he where he goes to. And everybody's shocked to, to feel like, you know, he's very responsible doctor. Why would he just run out when he has a patient? What's going on with this needle that they found in the bathroom? Everybody's just shocked and doesn't know what's going on. So he comes back to the house and he's just all disheveled. His wife says he has dirt all over him. And he's all bloody. And so they're just like, what is going on with you, Michael? Why are you so disheveled? What happened? And he doesn't want to talk about it. So he goes and he goes in his room and he goes to bed again. He wakes up the next day and the associates that he has his business with tells him that they believe that he is a drug addict and he needs to go to rehab. Michael doesn't believe that he's a drug addict and he doesn't want to go to rehab, but his associates tell him for him to stay in business with them, he will need to go to rehab. So they found him a rehab center where it was very, 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 very nice. It had, you know, most rich people go for a rehab. It's just like, you know, going to a nice hotel, but, you know, you're also detoxing. So, he had to go through that program for three weeks. Micah only stayed for three days. And when he came back, he told his wife that he is he is um, renewed. He's not going to do drugs anymore. The rehab worked for three days. He didn't need to stay for three weeks. And everything would be fine. She believed him. She believed that everything was fine because for a couple of months, everything was fine. It didn't seem like he was off the bandwagon, didn't feel like he was going to relapse. But then he missed his youngest son's birthday. And his wife was very disappointed in him. And then after that, he didn't have an excuse of why he missed the birthday. He just came home like nothing happened. Then a couple weeks later, because his son's birthdays are close together, he misses his oldest son's birthday. His wife is very upset at this point because she's like, how are you going to miss out on your children's birthdays? You need to be there at least for their birthdays, even though that you're a hardworking father and that you're bringing home the paycheck. But we still need you here for the the birthday parties, the, the holidays. We need you to be around. So... She got very upset and she took pictures that they had of the birthday party and placed them on the table. And next to the table, she found his fentanyl, Demerol, needles, and uh, bloody tissues that he had in the bathroom. She found them and she put them right next to each other. And she told him that he had to choose. It had to be either his family or the drugs. So he decided that he was going to 
choose his family. Seemed like he was doing good. Everything was going fine. But then this night, his wife had a feeling he didn't make it home from a business meeting that he was supposed to be home at 9 p.m. And the time kept ticking. So about midnight, she said, forget that. She put the kids in the car, drove down the street because she had this feeling like something was going on with her husband. She needed to go find him. She drives down the, the highway and she sees all these police officers, fire trucks, everybody's out in the middle of the street. And she's just like, I hope my husband is okay. Because she's no, she knows he's not home, so she just wants to know if he's okay. She pulls up and she finds out that there is a car that is split in half by a telephone pole. So she's like, okay, that looks like my husband's car. I hope he is fine. Then she sees her husband in handcuffs. The police tells her that he that he's under arrest because he has cocaine and Demerol on him, and he was trying to sell it. And he wasn't the one driving his car; he had another woman with him that crashed the car. So not only is she mad because her husband didn't come home, she's mad because he's out here trying to sell drugs, and also he had another woman with him. All I gotta say is Michael's out of control. He was doing the most. So then Michael's like, okay. He wanted his wife to take him back. His wife told him, you have to go to rehab. For me to believe that you are willing to change your life, you have to go to rehab. And then we will talk, come back and talk about being together. He goes to rehab for the full time. He comes out of rehab. He professes love to her. She takes him back because she believes that, you know, her husband is a good man. He just had a drug addiction that made him fall off of the success that he was on but now she sees that he is a brand new man he wants to have his family back and he's willing to do anything to bring his family back but he knows he cannot go back into the dental industry because that industry has drugs and he doesn't want to relapse so he comes up with this idea to be able to harvest tissues basically to give tissues from um, dead people to people that are living and you know to better their life like if they need skin a skin graft okay you can get skin grafts from the dead person if they need an eyeball give it to from the from the deceased and he came up with this idea and he named he named his company the biomedical tissue services or bts so november uh, 2002 his company was succeeding he was bringing in the money like it was crazy how fast he was bringing in the money to where his family was happy they didn't have any money problems they didn't have he wasn't doing any drugs everybody it was just a good time in their life when his wife describes this era of their marriage she said it was the best part of their marriage she was like it was so perfect everything was great the kids are doing great he was doing great business was doing great their marriage was doing great everything was fine then the family comes home from a vacation and michael goes to the office when he goes to the office he is confronted by the dea and the fbi and they are taken once they get inside his building they take all his files that he has at the office he tells his wife he has no idea what is going on. 
He tells her, I don't I don't know what's going on. I don't know why the FBI and the DEA is here for, for my business. Everything's been going fine. I don't know why they're here. His wife wanted to believe him, but she said something was not right. Something about his story and something about why the FBI and the DEA was there was not right. So in the fall of 2004, the funeral home where he had his business, they were selling the building. So when they were selling the building, they found the people that were examining the building found that there was a hole in the floor. And it just seemed awkward of where this hole was in the floor. So the people that were investigating to buy the building was like, okay, let's see what this hole goes to. They investigates and sees that this hole is just a drop to a drop to where you can. It's a operation table underneath the where the hole is. So basically, you just place a body on this slab and then you press a button and then the body goes onto the operating table. So the people that were buying the building was seem said that something didn't seem right. So that's why they called the DA and the FBI. There's like something don't seem right about this whole situation because why would a, a tissue harvesting company be in the same building as a funeral home? That just does not just seem right. And the way that the body just dropped down from the hole in the, the hole in the um, floor to an uh, operating table, it just didn't seem right to the people that were buying this building. So if something ain't right, you got to investigate like my mom and, you know, my elders are saying something, something in the milk ain't clean, something in the milk ain't clean. So they started to the FBI and the DA started to go through Michael files that he had on these patients that he got the tissues from for his company. So when they went through the consent forms to verify um, the bodies, you know, that he got the tissues from, if they family consented to give away the um, the rights of the body to get the tissues to harvest, they noticed that the names were correct on the orders, on the consent forms, but the address was wrong and the patient's social security number was wrong. So this made the FBI and the DA do even more investigation into this because it's like, okay, maybe it's something more to them just messing up the 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 information that's supposed to be on the paperwork. Maybe there's more to this. Then they do some more information, I mean, do some more investigation to see if the relatives even gave Michael Company the consent to even take the organs from their deceased relatives. Come to find out, no one gave consent to harvesting their their deceased uh, relatives' tissues. After they went through the paperwork, there were over a thousand patients. Uh, no, I'm not gonna call a patient. A thousand deceased corpse that they noticed did not have consent to get tissues from. So Michael is being accused of body snatching. While this investigation is going on, 
the news finds out that Michael is accused of body snatching. So his wife finds out while she's driving through town doing errands on the radio. Because back in the day, everything was like basically on the radio um, before social media became so popular. Um, so she turns on the radio and she says she hears that her husband is being charged with a thousand counts for body stealing. His cousin, Mario, who is a an attorney, a criminal attorney, is on a walk with his wife. He has no clue what's going on. You know, he's not listening to the radio that morning, but he goes on a walk every day with his wife and they on a walk in on the newsstand because they're in New York. So they have newsstands. He sees that the tabloids is calling his cousin a body snatcher. And he's like, oh, we're going to sue. We're going to sue these um, these papers because that's um, defamation of character. So he's like, I'm going to call my cousin. I'm going to let him know we're going to sue these people because how are they going to say he's body snatching? And this is a, a legal uh, corporation that he has created. He's going in. He's thinking that his cousin, Michael, is innocent. There's no way he's out here snatching bodies. There's no way he's out here stealing bodies. There's no way. But he was wrong. So for the and prosecutor to prosecute Michael, they needed more evidence. They need physical evidence. So to have physical evidence, what do they have to do? They have to dig up the dead bodies. So they get consent from a few relatives and they dig up some of the bodies and they do an autopsy on them. This part was so sad to me, y'all. So they did the autopsy and come to find out this man, Michael, and his associates were taking bone, bone marrow bones from the deceased out of the leg. And they were replacing the legs with PCB pipes. So the relatives didn't know because they would just close up the wounds and they didn't know that their, their relatives' bodies were even being being uh, harvest for tissues because he would just cover it up, make it seem like they just it was just a little incision, but they was placing pipes in these people's legs. This is so disgusting and disgraceful. I can't believe this man even thought of doing something like this to even make it a company, but that's not even the worst part. He also was lying on a death certificate and he was saying that the people um, died of natural causes or they died of cardiac arrest and that was a lie as well. So the the corpse that he was getting tissues from, these people died from either hepatitis C, cancer, or HIV. So even the tissues that he was giving to other people, they were basically contaminated with disease so he was basically giving people that were going into the hospital to have a better chance of having a healthier life and he was making them sick because he was giving them disease tissue this man was just out of control so the chart basically his charges was he was convicted of illegally harvesting human bones, organs, tissues, and other cadaver parts from in individuals awaiting cremation for foregoing numerous consent forms and for selling the illegal 
uh, illegal body parts to medical companies without consent of their families. I can't believe this man did this. I'm telling you, like, when I watched the story, they show the x-rays of the the corpse with the pipes in it, and it is, it's just so sickening. I'm telling you guys, you guys going to have to watch it. But um, he was sentenced to 18 to 54 years in state prison. At the time of the investigation of his company, it was making $4.6 million. So he was making millions of dollars of stealing, snatching bodies and stealing them and selling organs that had disease to healthy people. He, um, his wife and his um, kids had to change their last names. He left his wife with so much debt to where she still is trying to get her life back together. Um, she did say that the best thing that she did was divorce him because she just said she couldn't believe that she was married to a monster like this. Somebody that would even think of stealing somebody's body and stealing their organs and tissues and selling them. I'm telling you, I just feel like even though he said he wasn't on drugs anymore, I feel like he still was on drugs. He was probably a functional addict because... This is crazy how you would think in your right mind to steal somebody's body. That does not make any sense. To where you could have did this legally and got consent from uh, consent from relatives that will be willing to give their organs of their, of their um, relatives to people that really need them or trying to live a better, healthy life. Michael did die at uh, St. Luke's Hospital after suffering from bone cancer once he was incarcerated. Um, he was only 49 years old. But this man really tore down his whole family trying to cover up that he couldn't keep up with the Joneses, basically. He had so much talent to where it was wasted because he didn't want to go through the right route. And like his wife said that day when she got the phone call that the DA was at, I mean, the DA and the FBI was at his office. She said something is just not right. Something wasn't right. She just felt it in her heart that something wasn't right. She felt like her husband was hiding something from her for the FBI to come looking at you. If you guys want to look further into this story, my resource was from um, it's a, uh, a series called um, Love, Honor, and Betray, and that's on Discovery+. Plus. Um, I also did get some of my information from um, Wikipedia. And you know how it goes. If you guys have any stories of crime stories that you guys want me to look into, you can reach me at Mama T with Facts and Tea at gmail.com i am on all social media platforms um mama t with facts and t also when you follow me on spotify if you guys uh, would please do the ring a bell alert so when i upload a new podcast you guys will be alerted to i have a new episode out and you guys can listen and share and support um, thank you for listening to another episode of True Crime. I hope you guys enjoyed this story. I'll be back with you guys next Thursday. Um, 
But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this story. And thank you for listening. God bless. Peace out.